0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Your Village Podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. So before I get into the questions, I have a fun announcement. Well, I think it's fun anyway. It's something I've been wanting to do for a while and I finally figured out how. Now, this is something that right now I'm only offering to podcast listeners. So if you've been wanting to or thinking about trying out the classes, I'm now offering seven-day free trial membership. So you can try out the classes for seven days for free. Yes, you'll have access to all the classes on the site for those seven days. Days Now, you won't be able to get your personalized questions for parenting answered in those first seven days because that is a time commitment on my part to answer those. But if you love the classes and they get great feedback on them, thankfully, I'm really glad parents are finding them so helpful as much as I was hoping and expecting them to be But then your membership of choice will kick in after the seven days at that point if you have a parenting question you can submit it from your account page to the ask erin form and get any of your personal parenting questions answered as well as obviously your continued access to all of the classes on the website and continued access to ask me any questions but if you're not getting what you need and you cancel in that first seven days, you won't pay anything. You have complete control over your account to change memberships, cancel, update your information, et cetera, on that account page, which you see when you log in. So to get access to that, which right now I'm only offering again to podcast listeners, you can go to yourvillageonline.com free trial. That's yourvillageonline.com free trial. Now for the questions. We have two questions. The first is about a clingy toddler and the second one is about a preschooler who refuses to use choices. And then I get back to the parenting struggle I wanted to share last week. I think I did pull it together a lot better, have a few key points I'm gonna hit on and then describe the actual issue much more succinctly so we'll get into that. First question is from Helen and she wrote, Hello, Erin. I love your podcast and have recently become a member. I'm enjoying your classes, too. I have a question regarding my 20-month-old daughter. She's extremely active, smart, and generally not clingy. She loves to be independent. However, I'm having some issues with her constant need for having my full attention. She'll play well by herself for a little while if I'm sitting in the room with her, watching her. However, if I try to do something else while she's playing, like making a phone call, check my email, or have a conversation with my husband or friend, she immediately demands my attention. She does this by bringing books or toys over to me and then if I'm unable to play with her at that point she makes increasing amounts of noise, tries to grab my phone, my book, whatever it is I'm trying to do. If I'm talking to someone she gets louder and louder and sometimes will start banging her head against my things or throwing toys if I don't stop talking and give her full attention. I say to her, mommy needs to do X, Y, Z and then we can play or I need to speak to daddy and then we can play. If she throws toys, I tell her off and then take them away. Now I love this. Helen is actually from the UK, so I'm sure that's a British expression. Letting just basically letting her know that this is not acceptable. She only behaves like this at home. She's usually good if we are out or at someone else's house. I think this may be because there are new exciting things or other children around to distract her. For some background, I'm a stay-at-home mom and she is our only child, so she gets my attention almost all day, lots of reading and one-to-one play, and I take her out to activities every morning. However, sometimes I have to get other things done. It's making me feel quite trapped. If I need to get something done, I often ask a family member to watch her for a few minutes or I wait until nap or bedtime. I'm not sure if this is making things worse as she isn't getting practice or if this is just a phase that will improve as she gets older. We live in one house with my parents, so she gets a lot of playtime with her grandparents during the day. Also, I'm wondering if part of the issue is that she has gotten used to having too much attention and therefore struggles when she can't have it. We will move back into our own house in a few months, so that will be quite a change, and I'd like to teach her to play by herself for short periods by then. Do you have any advice? Thanks so much, Helen. I did answer Helen right away, of course, because she's a member, but I let her know that the short answer to her question is that, yes, this is a phase and it will get better. Some kids are more clinging naturally and others are more independent. With a clingier child, it can feel really smothering at times. And I think exactly what Helen's doing is fine. That exactly what Helen's doing is fine. Trying to give her some practice at this, trying to do what she needs to do and letting her daughter know that she needs to do this, just like she does. Make a phone call, chat with a friend or her husband, and then have her wait. Now with your husband, it's much easier to help her practice this waiting because if she's loud or disruptive, he's more understanding. But you just wanna work with her on this. You're gonna set the boundary, have her wait a few minutes. Also, knowing that it may not be possible to make a phone call when she's around, such as to the gas company or something like that. You may just need to hold off until she's napping. Work on the practice with family members, your husband, when they're around because they're gonna be more understanding and helping her get this practice even if she's trying to be distracting. She will become more independent on her own over time and these periods of play will stretch out. Now I remember my husband and I joking when our kids were really little that we would just talk when the kids moved out because either someone was always asking for something, needing something, and they were just loud and we couldn't hear each other. Now if you're doing something she can help with, you can give her that opportunity. You can gauge her in that process, even if it's not super helpful. Like handing the wet clothes from the washing machine to her to put into the dryer, or she helps you rinse off the dishes, or you fold the laundry and she puts them in a pile, that type of thing. Or she can hand you a piece of clothing, you fold it and then put it in a pile. So this way she's getting engaged, doing something, getting some practice at being helpful. Now the interesting thing about building independence is giving the opportunity for it. So play time by herself, setting the boundaries that you need to finish talking to your husband or to your parents or anyone else, a friend, and having her practice waiting for that first minute and then stretching it out over time, but also being available for her when she is seeking the connection. Feeling secure in her connection is what gives her the confidence to build independence. It's kind of like her saying, I just want to make sure you're still here for me. So she's checking in with that. So hopefully that makes some sense. So think of a child at the playground who's checking back in with mom every so often. Playing with other kids or on their own, but then they come back to mom every few minutes to check in. They're just checking in to make sure you're still here, you're still available for me if I do happen to need you. And then they're going to build that security because you are there and available and then they'll build that security and get better at playing independently for longer periods. Now, this is a child working through needing connection and attachment to the parent, but also exploring independence. They're exploring both sides of this dynamic. Different children will have different needs for checking back in. Some children will cling for a long time before trying to go play. Some children will run off the moment they get there and not check back in the entire time. But most children fall somewhere in between. The child who's clinging or checking in frequently and the parent is constantly annoyed, forcing or coercing the child to go play, is likely not meeting that child's need for security. Therefore, the child is even less likely to feel comfortable exploring independently because they're not feeling secure enough to do so. Now, Helen is not doing this. That's not what's happening here because you are available to her. You're saying, I'm here. I need a minute. And that's perfectly fine to do that and help her grow that independence. But children need that security in their relationship in order to feel safe enough to explore their independence also. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Pure air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. The second question is from Yuki. She says, thank you very much for the great podcasts and the online courses. I enjoyed all of your classes. Now I'm desperate for your advice on how to deal with my daughter's no, I don't like and I don't want answers. She is three years and three months old. Very strong-willed girl. I've got lots of compliments on that, but it's sometimes hard to deal with. Now she's in the phase that all of her answers are no or I don't like or I don't want. I'm trying to give her choices, but it doesn't go well. Would you like water or milk? No. Do you want to wear pink shirt or purple shirt? I don't like that. Do you want to go to the park or pony riding? I don't want that. Every conversation goes like that, and I get very frustrated and handle the situation poorly. I cannot hide I'm annoyed by her and walk away from her or even raise my voice. I know I need to change my behavior, but I would appreciate your advice. Thank you so much, Yuki. So for Yuki, and anyone else out there with a strong-willed child, Strong-willed children can be difficult, but there's a lot of also great positives just like Yuki shared that she gets some great feedback about that. So along with these fair share of challenges that Yuki is seeing and experiencing or anyone else who has a strong-willed child, there's a really good side to this. So I just want to share that these children tend to be very independent and so you will need to do a lot less hand-holding with them once the expectations and boundaries are set up and understood. The strong-willed child will often go forth in life from a very young age, advocating for his or her own needs, getting a lot of things done on his or her own, Yes, even those things you set up as expectations because they want to be seen as independent and responsible. So once you work through these early struggles, you will see your strong-willed child shine. You also will likely not worry nearly as much about your strong-willed child as they venture out into the world on their own. A little at a time at first, but more and more as they age. You know that they will have almost any situation handled that life will throw their way. You'll have a lot of confidence in their abilities. Yuki has obviously picked up on the dynamic that she's likely doing a lot of it just to get the upper hand, to get the power because now she knows that it bothers you. So with an understanding of the positives to come and the tips I'm about to give, hopefully this will give you enough, for you to keep your cool in those moments and not give her any energy or power in knowing that she's gotten the upper hand. When it comes to a child who refuses to choose, there's a couple of things that could be going on with that. As a child who is very independent, you will find that they outgrow or outmature the more simplistic tools like choices and one, two, three magic earlier than. The average, it's very likely her way of letting you know that she just wants to pick out her own clothes and not be limited to two choices. You can give her as much personal responsibility as she can handle well. You can say something like, it's time to get dressed, please pick out a shirt and shorts. Just basically open up the breadth of choices as much as possible. So rather than saying apple or strawberries, you can say, what fruit would you like today? Please go put on your shoes rather than giving them a choice of shoes. Now there's instances where only one or two types of shoes are appropriate. Like in colder weather, only boots or sneakers are gonna be the choice for the day. But if you put away the summer shoes, then there's no option to push back in a ridiculous way by choosing the sandals. The same would obviously go for summer clothes. So putting away shorts, sleeveless shirts in the fall will eliminate any battle over wanting to wear that tank top in January because given the option, if they're trying to get your goat, they're trying to get the upper hand, that's what they're gonna choose. So you make it a non-issue, make it not an option. Once you start doing this, opening up the choices, eliminating the option for the wacky choices that don't work, and she still refuses to choose, So let's just say milk or water, for instance. Then you let her know you will go ahead and choose for her. So just like in both the one, two, three magic and the choices class where I covered the pitfalls, choices are a privilege. You get the choice when you cooperate, when you use it, responsibly. If you don't, that's fine. The message we want to send then is, I'm not going to do battle with you. I will just take charge and you will lose your privilege of choosing. If you do that once or twice, especially with a strong-willed child, and that behavior will stop pretty quickly within a day or two, a lot of times within a choice or two, because they do not want to lose that option for independence. You're going to be ready for the meltdown and to stick to your guns. In other words, if it comes to you need to choose or i'm going to choose for you and she doesn't choose okay it's water for today this is where one two three magic is really helpful because if you say water for today and then invariably she's going to say immediately no milk i want milk and if you haven't poured it yet Then do you switch to milk after you've already made the announcement? Then what happens next time? The next time she'll wait till you've pulled the milk out of the fridge. Then she'll wait till you've poured it the time after that. She'll keep pushing that boundary to see how far she can get you to go and then still reverse and do what she wants. So this is where one, two, three magic comes in really handy. You need to choose by the time I count to three or I will choose for you. This way, there's no gray area. You get to three, you choose, you follow through. She may scream, cry, yell, lay on the floor, kick. She may say, no, milk, I wanted milk. That's fine. You can say nothing until she calms down or you can simply say calmly, I gave you the option and you didn't choose. So today you're having water or for this meal or for whatever, you can try again next time. You are setting the boundary really strong letting her know that you are in fact in charge. You do your best to be fair to give her autonomy, but when it's earned and when she's responsible with it, she gets to keep it. You're teaching respect. You teach her to respect you, your effort, your time, and then you stay respectful in the way you communicate with her by keeping the emotions very calm. I understand you're feeling upset because you lost your choice. You'll get a chance to choose your drink, your food, your outing, whatever it is, later today or tomorrow, whatever the case may be. Then you can have a coaching session after the meltdown is complete about what I just shared. So. Something like, the choices I give you are for you. If you aren't going to appreciate them, then you'll lose them, and I will just choose for you. If you want to have choices in what you wear, you eat, where we go, then you need to take the opportunity when you get it. Do you understand? If she doesn't choose something like an outing, you can do one of two things. Choose for her, or just don't go. Okay, that's fine. We can stay home and play today that type of thing, then just go about your day, meaning you just start doing something you need to do, like cleaning up, making a shopping list, rather than waiting for her to change her mind about wanting to actually go somewhere or where she wants to go. Because if you give her the option and then you just stand there, it's kind of like saying, I didn't really mean it, or I'm waiting for you to change your mind. So with these tips and tools, I'm working with kids who are being stubborn about choices. that should really turn this issue around. If you want to see samples of any of the 50-plus classes or join as a member to gain access to all the classes, including one 2, 3 Magic, Choices, Discipline Tools for Toddlers and Preschoolers, which includes both of those tools and exact ways to use them, avoiding pitfalls, and what I call those little genius tactics, which are the ways our kids will try to get around those, you can go to yourvillageonline.com and specifically, if you want to try out the classes with the free trial membership of your choice, remember you can go to yourvillageonline.com slash free trial, yourvillageonline.com slash free dash trial to choose a membership and get access to all the classes free for seven days. So for my parenting challenge last week, the first point I want to start with before getting into it is I want to be really clear that my stance about success in life or a successful child does not mean one that necessarily goes to a top university and gets an athletic scholarship and opens their own company or becomes a lawyer or a doctor or, 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 right? Every child is different, thank goodness. We need all kinds of different people with different talents to make this world amazing. We need creative people and data heads and mechanical people and sensitive, emotional people and a lot more kinds of people. Success to me in raising kids means giving kids the opportunity and then the guidance to reach their individual potential for their inborn talents and interests. I strongly doubt that any of my three kids are going to take the same path. And I say that because this particular experience is about my oldest, who is highly driven. And yes, he was also a very strong-willed, is a very strong-willed child. But this is the child that has those goals. To go to Stanford University on a swim scholarship and quadruple major. To open his own company and buy out another gaming company that's his favorite company. So. As I mentioned at the beginning of last episode, my relationship with him now has taken on more of a mentor quality than one of the parenting where I need to set strong boundaries and expectations because obviously he has enough expectations of himself that he doesn't need much more from me outside of the expectation of him cleaning up after himself and getting his jobs done around the house. Now, my job with him now is to guide him and coach him towards those goals or towards different goals if those should change. So here's a kid who wants a swim scholarship to one of the top university swim teams in the country. Also a goal of going to the Olympics. As I've shared, we've had some struggles with his motivation for swimming. He always has an out. He's always allowed to quit. My only expectation is that he does something physical. It's important to me that my kids grow up knowing how to connect with their physical bodies in some way, dance, martial arts, athletics of some sort, because excellence in all areas is a lifelong pursuit. Balance of physical, mental, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves is something I aspire to guide them all in finding their own ways and balance in all of those. Now we've had many a discussion around this and I've shared some of these before. I've told him if you aren't committed, you need to quit. Commit or quit, I say. We had another big issue about a month ago around this that we did work through where he just basically was once again showing a lack of commitment, where he called me to come get him after he'd only been at practice for 20 minutes and he'd made up a bunch of excuses why he couldn't stay. I was so angry when I came to get him, I couldn't talk to him for the entire ride home. And I've talked about that as an example, right? Where you can be so angry, where it's better just not to engage in that moment. And this was only the second time, no, the third time, the third time I can think of in my life with the kids where I was just so mad, like, we need to talk about this later, I can't do it right now but he did not like that at all because, like I said, it's only the third time that's ever happened in his almost 11 years outside of my womb on this planet, and it really makes an impact. But our later talk went something like this, I am not going to spend more time driving you to and from practice than you spend in the pool. I'm not going to spend my time, my money, and my energy for something you are not committed to. I cannot be more committed to this than you are. Spending my weekends setting up for swim meets, volunteering for timing at meets, driving you, paying for the meets, cheering you on, paying for meets, paying for swim practice, paying for your equipment, cheering you on, supporting you, blah, blah, blah. That is not fair to me. So you need to decide if you're in or you're out. And if you're in, then you commit to practice each and every day that you go to the best of your ability on that day. So that's our backstory. Two weeks ago, he went to practice. They swim an hour and a half, then they do dry land, which is basically working on land with usually some fun games. But they build some cardio, some balance, and some strength. He didn't want to stay for dry land because it was super windy and he was cold. Another mom told me it really was cold. So I said that he was fine and he could skip that day. So she was going to go ahead and bring him home for me. So this week, she texts me again. She says, it's cold out here. Carter says he's cold. He wants to come. Is it okay if I bring him? And I said, no, he needs to stick it out today. It was 90 degrees. Like, I'm not exaggerating. And I had another child I needed to pick up from practice because us moms switch back and forth about who's picking up whom because we all have kids all over town in different activities. So I said, no, he needs to stick it out. Well, this mom didn't text me back. And then she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry I brought him. We're getting off the freeway. And she had told him what I had said And he was really worried I was going to be really upset with him. And I was disappointed. I was disappointed in his choice because I felt like he didn't commit again. He didn't commit. But he did commit to the whole swim practice. But because he was able to get out of the dry land just the previous practice, he decided he was going to use that excuse again to get out of the practice this time. So we tried to talk about it. And he just was like, it was cold. It was cold. And what I was trying to explain to him was that why I was upset with him At that point was that he wasn't taking responsibility for his choice, that he wasn't saying, you know what, you're right. It really wasn't that cold. And I had just convinced myself that I was cold because I didn't want to stay. And he wasn't taking responsibility. He was still trying to convince me that it was cold and it was too cold to stay and it was too cold to do anything. You know, he just wasn't getting it. And so I said, you know, I I can't talk about this right now because we're just not getting anywhere. So then we sat down and we talked a little bit later and I said to him, do you think that I expect you to always be perfect and never make a bad choice again in your entire life? And he said, no. And I said, okay, you're going to mess up. You're going to make bad choices and good choices or worse choices and better choices. I mess up too. I said, what's frustrating to me is that you just weren't taking responsibility and saying, you know what? I didn't make a great choice. And you're right. It really wasn't that cold. I convinced myself it was cold because I didn't want to stay. And next time I'm going to make a better choice. And he totally understood and he totally got it. And I explained again about being someone who has these humongous goals. If you have goals like that, you have to be a person that continually makes the hard choice, that continually pushes yourself past the wall. That is how you get there. I said, I don't think you understand how much it's going to take to reach these types of goals. They're great goals. They're amazing. But how much it's going to take to get there. And you're going to have to be one of these people that continually pushes past the hard decisions to get there when the going gets tough that you don't quit. So he understood that as well. And I said, you know what? I think you were more upset with yourself for not pushing past that hard point and not going that extra mile. Then you were worried that I was upset with you. And he said, yes, you're right. So it was just a really beautiful moment, a beautiful lesson for him and for me as his mom to help him through. And it's amazing to see him grow as he starts to have these realizations. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun...